as God intended. Let's go. Looking for Healing Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Artis, and thank you so much for listening. Remember to tell all your freedom friends that can join us live on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network and via recorded podcast at AmericaOutloud.com and on the iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora networks. Just download the America Out Loud phone app for Apple, Android, or Alexa, whatever you need to listen at your leisure. Looking at Healing Radio, or Looking for Healing Radio, is sponsored by GlobalHealing.com, simply the finest, most potent, most effective natural medicines in the world today. Feel the difference integrity and love for medicine making can make for you. Go to GlobalHealing.com and enter promo code OUTLOUD to discover the medicine God intended for us all. Get incredible deals and find Global Healing and all the wonderful AOL sponsors at AmericaOutloud.shop. All right, healers, I'm very excited to have this show today. Sorry about that. My phone fell. Uh, Anyway... That keeps track of my time and my timer. Anyway, I'm very excited to have this show with you guys today. I'm very excited to hopefully have a dialogue with you that uh, is meaningful, inspiring, and can shift hopefully some of your viewpoints of things. Uh, The topic I'm going to be going through is actually something I shared with a group of individuals in Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday morning just a few days ago. And what I did was I met with Dr. Ed Group, Dr. Uh, Jana Schmidt, and Dr. Henry Ely. Two of those individuals are co-hosts on this Looking for Healing radio show, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 8 a.m. Pacific Time. And I met with them in person in Phoenix to actually do our planning session and a brainstorming session for our next Healing for the Ages conference that will be coming up in September. It'll be September 12th, 13th, and 14th. And how I started our two-day event with all of our leaders for the organization's and the organization of this conference, uh, I had the whole team meet in Phoenix and I shared with them a couple hours worth of my thoughts and things that I wanted from a perspective. I wanted all of them to listen to and then vocally state that they also agreed. One of the biggest, hardest things that uh, a lot of individuals have to overcome when it comes to transitioning from the medical solely traditional mindset to an all natural, the body can heal itself mindset is shifting your belief in your own body's potential and its ability to actually detox, repair and heal tissues. When you are struggling, suffering for years with something you have been told by the medical profession, you will never live without. So, One of the big hurdles most human beings on the planet, including those probably listening to the show, is the ability to override the negativity, the beliefs that we are bound by our genetics, and that we have a predetermined destiny in our health because of what we've inherited in the form of genes. Now, to set the record straight, I've talked about this many, many times for the last 25 years. Uh, Your genetics are your genetics, but that does not mean you're going to have the diseases that they correlate are coming from genes. In fact, uh, I am so convinced that your genes don't have anything to do with your health whatsoever. I'm actually 1000% convinced it's everything to do with your emotional state and your environmental state. Uh, 
And that means, are you living in a state emotionally of, of bliss, glee, happiness, laughter, or do you surround yourself with negativity, depression, gossip, rumor, uh, angst? If you do, what do you think the outcome of your health is going to be? Well, if you enjoy thinking about miserable thoughts and thinking that you will never be able to overcome, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be stuck in the, I can't overcome, and this is going to be my life. And that is more of a victim mentality. What we're looking for here at Looking for Healing Radio, and most of us have an appreciation for this. We know our audiences, including ourselves, we are projecting hope. Our audiences are listening in because they are looking for hope. So as we continue to share and drop truth bombs, share stories of people who have overcome illnesses and symptoms, we are hoping to establish a belief in you that you also, and anyone you know and love who is struggling emotionally, physically, spiritually, you name it, that they also can be reclaimed back to normal and in a state of joy and as free of symptoms as possible. With that said, the medical profession has mastered one amazing marketing tool and a propaganda lie. That lie is that you will have heart disease, cancer, diabetes, or you are at higher risk for getting cancer diabetes, obesity, heart disease, because your family members have it. And just so y'all know, that is completely false, 1,000% false. However, they have found that that messaging told over and over and over in radio, TV, commercials to your face, uh, all over the place, in magazines, in newspaper ads, they know they have done an incredible job of getting you to believe that you have inherited traits and there is an impending uh, impossible to dismiss disease that is coming, a health outcome that will be appearing at some point in your future because it's in your DNA. That is 1,000% false. So when you have a conference and a group of individuals following you, like with our podcast and our radio shows and our schools, you are talking to people and trying to instill in them a belief system that they can actually heal. Why? All healing begins with the belief that you can heal. That is anything spiritually, emotionally, and physically. You have to believe it first before you do anything physically. And that includes taking a medication, taking a drug. The only reason why some people see benefits with drugs and why some people see benefits with supplements, the majority of them, they believe the doctor is talking to them and dropping truth bombs to them when they speak. So if someone looks at you and goes, this chemotherapy will save your life, for some people, the belief that it will, because the MD said it, will actually keep some of those people surviving the poisoning of chemotherapy. And for them, that belief system is enough to keep them alive and not die. Now, if another person in that same individual's family came to that same MD who prescribed chemotherapy to the other person, and that same MD prescribed chemotherapy to an individual who believed that chemotherapy is deadly, toxic, and will end their life If they believe that, I'm absolutely confident they will die during their treatment and uh, soon after. Or their life will be stricken for the worse as an outcome of horrific side effects will occur because of their belief systems. All right, so you've all heard of the, the power of the placebo effect. This is the idea that you believe you're taking something when you're really not, or you're receiving something and you're really not, but you've been told that you're in a trial, you're being given something experimental, and it's going to provide a benefit. And it's been found very good in studies to make uh, whatever outcome they're uh, evaluating you for. 
The placebo effect is you get better and nothing was done to you. But because you believed you would get better, you did physically get better. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you some parts of a book. We probably should have started this radio show with this very this being the very first episode. However, our, our, our crowds have grown and our audiences have grown monumentally and exponentially since we launched this about eight months ago. So the numbers of you watching this, I'm just going to tell you, I believe nothing is incidental. Nothing is coincidental. I believe that anytime I've ever given impressions, decide to purchase something, go and read it. When I do that, I absolutely believe I'm being guided either by individuals and what they're hoping to receive from us as we're working for their behalf and on their behalf, like I'm doing for you right now, making this show, hoping that you're tuning in for something that's going to inspire you. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm hoping you're all turning in Monday through Friday. And then I'm going to tell you about a book that I actually picked up. I ordered it last week and I started reading it on my flight to Arizona. Now I've known about this book for 20 something years and I've never read it. And I'll explain why uh, after I'm done with these first two segments, why I never read it and why I'm reading it now. It has a lot to do with the Healing for the Ages conference name. The name of the conference is Healing for the Ages. Well, if you want people to come to that conference, attend that conference with hope that they can heal and then actually start to heal, you have to establish first a firm foundation of faith. And this is no different than anything else on earth. You have to, or in your life, you have to establish a firm foundation of belief and faith that you can accomplish whatever it is you're setting out to accomplish. And it has to be firm. It has to be steady. What did Jesus say? A man built a house on a on sand. And what happens? Rain came and washed the whole house away. The other person built his house on stones, which was a more firm foundation. When the floods and rain came, it didn't move. It stood. So everyone knows that analogy. Everyone knows that metaphor. I just wanted to reemphasize that, that uh, the foundation of beliefs dictates what occurs to you in your life. All right, so there's a book called The Biology of Belief. Now, if you've read this book by Bruce H. Lipton in the last 30 years, this has been a, a huge successful book, but in the beginning it was not. Bruce Lipton talks about in his book how he was slandered, dismissed, uh, depressed, all kinds of stuff when he first came out with these, this uh, amazing, amazing book called The Biology of Belief. Subtitle is Unleashing the Power of Consciousness, Matter, and Miracles. He has a PhD. To start my planning meeting the other day with all of our doctors for the Healing for the Ages group and our leadership team, I led it off with reading sections of his book. Now, I am going to read some of this information in this book to you. And as we go, these parts are to help assist you with the reality that not only am I the host of the show, Dr. Brian Art is saying these things, there are individuals that are extremely uh, educated, extremely credible, uh, and experts in their fields. And they are writing and publishing the same things Dr. Artists believe. So, and just, you know, I've never read the book, uh, but there are many things in here that served as really healthy reminders. And each of the individuals... Each of the other three docs in my Healing for the Ages group have already read this book years ago, and they had forgotten most of what I shared with them. So please don't tune away if you've already read this book. If Even if you read it last month, there are going to be impressions that come to me and any other reader that may give perspectives you never considered. 
And this might be something that can help instill in you more confidence and faith that you can recover. All right, so I'm going to read this to you because in his book, the the 10th edition is what I, I purchased, and that came out like 20 years ago. Actually, sorry, about 10 years ago. So I'm going to start out here and just give a little background. I'm not going to read the first 15 pages of the book that sets up the book. So I'm just going to tell you his history. So he is a cellular biologist at the University of Wisconsin's uh, medical school. He's also a professor, and he does a ton of research on cells. His favorite cells to study that he spent the most time on were endothelial cells, which are the cells that line the inside of your blood vessels. And he started recognizing early on in his career that the cells themselves actually are reacting disease-wise or any other reason. They are always reacting on their own to the environment they're being exposed to. And that there is no DNA that actually regulates the function of the cells. It's actually the environment. And there's tons of proof to prove that. All right. So as he was getting real depressed and people weren't looking at things the way he was, he was getting really chastised by people and he was getting depressed and wasn't happy with life. And he tells he sets up the story in his own forward. But uh, he left University of Wisconsin and decided to shift gears and go down to a medical school in the Caribbean and thought the change of scenery after a divorce and all kinds of issues, he decided to go down to the Caribbean and thought uh, the sun and beach would help him some degree. He's at a medical school, but these there are several medical schools in the Caribbean islands that people from America, typically American students who can't get into med school in America, will go to the Caribbean. Uh, it's more lax to get in to those schools. It often can be very cheap or cheaper, but you still have to pay, pass the same boards to get back into the United States to actually get the... Uh, the license you're wanting to, to work in the state you are or in the, the specialty that you're in, the certification you'll need. So they go there to get all their basics out of the way, which are their four years of medical school. He went there to do that. And while he was there, uh, he was hired to be a professor halfway through a semester. And these kids, when he came in, it was the th- he was the fourth professor <laughs> for all these kids in one semester. He was the fourth. All of the other three either dropped out, something happened to them. So they had gone through several different professors. The The actual students that go to these schools in the Caribbean, because they couldn't get, typically don't get into schools in America, and that's why they're seeking medical schools out where, out, elsewhere, they typically feel like they're less than those American counterpart students. So they feel second class. Uh, and there, and in medical school, he describes that all the kids are typically individualistic. It's survival of the fittest. It is who can get the best grades, and we're not going to help each other. We're just it's one man, mono e mono. Can I outperform the rest of you? And what he did when he got there is he turned all their attitudes around by asking them and teaching them about how cells in the human body, individual cells, collectively became a community of in the ocean or wherever. Originally, it was just one-cell organisms on this planet. Then they started gathering into groups, clumping into uh, groups that would form like algae, fungal blankets all in the ocean, on on land, wherever. And as these cells figured out that they had better defenses and were stronger communicating with each other in groups, they started organizing themselves into higher life forms, which were animals, humans, you name it. But we are all made up of all these single-cell organisms, and these cells have organized themselves into a nervous system, livers, organs, to improve the life of the whole. The whole being a community of cells, which your body has 50 trillion different cells, and they're all communicating with each other. And uh, he, he did the same thing with 
the students. He wanted them to work together as a team, and they far excelled every American medical school student's outcomes on their board exams and in their uh, in their lab exams. All right, so on chapter 15, he's talking about being in the Caribbean, working with these kids in the school, and he's talking about the, school, the children, the students, and how they're benefiting and reacting to uh, the work the working together as a group. Now, there's only about 50 seconds left in this segment, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up with uh, how we usually wrap up our first segment for each of the healing, Looking for Healing radio shows. Uh, remember, you can listen and learn from myself, Dr. Brian Artis, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Henry Ely, and Dr. Jana Schmidt every Monday through Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific. And go to our show page on americaoutloud.com to submit a health question we can all answer on Friday. On Looking for Healing Radio, we're always here for you. Stay tuned, because right after the break, we're going to continue this, and I'm going to dive into the Biology of Belief highlights in that book. And there are some incredible things. I didn't even know were in there. The other docs had read these books already years ago. They didn't have a clue. If you've read it, you probably don't remember all this, and this is going to be hugely important for you to start the path to healing. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. All right, healers, welcome back. Looking for Healing Radio is also sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing students just like you. The best way to be free is to be healthy. Learn how at www.energetichealthinstitute.org. Holistic nutrition, fasting, detoxification, art of cellular healing, and so much more. Join the EHI family and let's make tomorrow amazing. Go to www.energetichealthinstitute.org and go to globalhealing.com and get the ultimate cellular health product in our foreign protein cleanse uh, and use the promo code, discount code out loud. You can learn more at globalhealing.com and energetichealthinstitute.org. All right, let's continue here. We're going to get into the Bruce Lipton book. We set the stage for the preface of the book and his history, Dr. Bruce Lipton. 
I'm going to start on page 15, and I'm going to read paragraphs, highlighted sections. I'm not going page by page. You've got to get this. Anybody you know and love who is struggling and is sick, it's because they believe they're sick and can't get better. So you might as well know what these principles are and what is proven from science that your beliefs are more powerful than anything, surgical, radiation, drugs, supplements, you name it. That is the most important thing, period, for anybody to start the process of healing and complete that process of healing. So on page 15, Bruce Lipton states, genetic evolutionists warn that if we fail to apply the lessons of our shared genetic destiny, which should be teaching us the importance of cooperation among all species, we threaten human existence. We need to move beyond Darwinian theory, which stresses the importance of individuals, to one that stresses the importance of the community. British scientist Timothy Linton provides evidence that evolution is more dependent on the interaction among species than it is on the interaction of individuals within a species. Evolution becomes a matter of the survival of the fittest groups rather than the survival of the fittest individuals. In a 1998 article in Nature, Linton wrote that rather than focusing on individuals and their role in evolution, quote, we must consider the totality of organisms and their material environment to fully understand which traits come to persist and to dominate. Most of us are told by our medical doctors that our DNA dominates our health outcomes. So no matter how much you exercise, no matter how well you eat, no matter how many vaccines you get, you, how, no matter how drugs you take in on time, how, how often you attend your medical doctor's follow-up visits, it doesn't matter, they say. It doesn't matter your vocation. It doesn't matter. You and your mom and dad had heart disease, you're going to get heart disease. Your grandma, grandpa had diabetes, you're going to get it. Why? Because that's DNA. And that is not true. Recent studies funded by Britain's Natural Environmental Research Council provide support for those concerns. While there have been five mass extinctions in the history of our planet, they are all presumed to have been caused by extraterrestrial events, such as a comet smashing to the earth. I'm continuing. One of the new studies concludes that, quote, natural world is experiencing the sixth major extinction event in its history, end quote. That's from Lavelle, 2004. This time, though, the cause of the extinction is not extraterrestrial. It's not coming from out of side of the earth. It's not asteroids coming down. It's not meteorites. It's going to destroy the planet. According to one of the study's authors, Jeremy Thomas, quote, as far as we can tell, this one extinction of all human beings on earth is caused by one animal organism, man, period, end of quote. All right, so now I'm going to get into some of the meat of the actual teachings of Bruce Lipton. So I'm going to start here. Uh, I've already given you, actually, I'm going to skip this section because this actually sets up the stage uh, with what I did already with the Caribbean uh, school. All right, so page 21, in his alarming new book, Missing Microbes, How the Overuse of Antibiotics is Fueling Our Modern Plagues, Dr. Martin J. Blaser, director of the Human Microbiome Program at New York University, warns not only about antibiotic resistance, but also about the declining diversity of the human microbiome that is increasing our susceptibility to chronic conditions from allergies and asthma to diabetes and obesity. All right, now I need to speak to this. This is a statement from 20 years ago. What Bruce Lipton didn't know at the time is that they were actually engineering DNA plasmids to be spread throughout the world that transfect or get inside of bacteria and inside of the DNA plasmids 
is an instruction gene that tells the bacteria's own DNA once it goes inside the bacteria itself, which plasmids very easily get inside of a bacteria. The moment the DNA plasmids gets inside the bacteria, it's got a genetic code on it that tells the bacteria, and every single company labels it this way, the gene in the plasmid is actually called antibiotic-resistant gene. They are actually engineering bacteria to be resistant to antibiotics. It's not a overuse of antibiotics. That was their lie. They are engineering bacteria to be resistant to antibiotics. All right, so what he's stating here, though, is it's not, he warns that it's, it's not only about antibiotic resistance that's leading to all the plagues of modern issues and viruses and bacteria. It's also about the declining diversity of the human microbiome. What is the microbiome? That's all the bacteria and fungus living in your gut that belongs there. It's supposed to be there. Bacteria breaks down your food, creates gas that you pass. It then uh, breaks down your food into nutrients so your, your bowels, your large intestine, can suck up those nutrients into your bloodstream and deliver all that good, healthy magnesium, zinc, you name it, to the rest of the body. All right, so for example, he states, type 1 diabetes has been doubling in incidence about every 20 years in the industrialized world. But in Finland, the incidence has risen 550% since 1950. Blaser writes that these modern epidemics are not only diseases, but also external signs of internal damage or change. Recent studies have found that otherwise normal, quote, otherwise normal individuals have lost 15 to 40% of their microbial diversity, the bacteria and fungus in their bowels, and the genes that accompany it. Mostly do they state to the overprescription of broad-spectrum antibiotics that kill microbes indiscriminately. Yet Blaser, who has studied the microbes that populates our bodies for 30 years, calls them and their 20 million genes the gorilla warriors that help us fight disease. All right. While Blaser is warning about the declining diversity of our microbiome, other scientists are pointing with alarm to the declining diversity of our planet, where animal pollutions and species are decreasing at an alarming rate. Stanford scientists have tracked species abundance and population numbers over a period of time and found that extinction rates are up to a thousand times higher than they would be if people weren't in the environment generating pollution, deforestation, monocropping, and overharvesting. Many environmental scientists believe we have crossed the threshold of a major environmental collapse and are in the throes of the sixth mass extinction event to hit this planet. Now, I want to stop there because as it reads, it looks like this is incidental. We're just giving antibiotics and it's wiping out bacteria in our bowels. And now you're creating disease outcomes that are easily, more easily to be created because there's not the amount of healthy bacteria and fungus in your body anymore. We've lost 15 to 20% of all of our healthy or 15 to 40% of all of our healthy bacteria in our bowels all over the earth, all humans. But he is saying, uh, it's human beings that are doing it. Well, the truth is we're engineering it too. So you don't have to believe that all on its own. However, I do want to reiterate what they said. Many environmental scientists believe we have crossed the threshold of a major environmental collapse and are in the throes of the sixth mass extinction event to hit this planet. All right, everybody listening, you guys have heard of agendas 2030, 2040, agenda 21. Uh, just so y'all know, there's this known public written, talked about in the media agenda that we are and concept that we are overpopulated on this earth and we're using up more resources than are available. And by the year 2050, a group called the club of Rome and the world economic forum announced that there needs to be less than a billion people on this planet by the year 2050. 
Bill Gates said in 2012 in a TED Talk that we need to depopulate the planet. We can do it through vaccination programs. Uh, so just so you know, it's going to look like an extinction event. They're creating it, and they want to. In fact, if you didn't attend the Healing for the Ages conference, we actually showed you how they have created, through genetic engineering and manipulation of plasmids, they published that they can take any species on Earth and they can create a, a by the seventh generation, they can create an incredible offspring that cannot survive. And you can create what they title an extinction event for the species. So they know how to do this. They're engineering. Well, it's, there's thousands of those. Now I'm going to continue in the book. Environmentalists have long known that the structure of localized ecological systems can shift abruptly and irreversibly from one state to another when stressed to critical, critical thresholds. Evidence now dictates that the entire global ecosystem can react in the same abrupt way and is in fact currently in danger of doing so. Anthony Barnowski, a professor at the University of California, Berkeley's Department of Integrative Biology and others, argue that we are at a planetary tipping point because human activities are inducing Mother Earth to express a critical global transition. And a recent study by NASA, they say, confirms the global industrial civilization is heading toward collapse in coming decades. I'd like to know how NASA is tracking that. Did you get that from a picture up in space? I doubt it. Then it goes on to say, civilization did not create global climate change. The planet has already been through five ice ages. But our behavior and technology are generating environmental stressors that exacerbate the impact of the climate change crisis. The process of societal rise and collapse has been a cyclical phenomenon throughout history. How, how many times have you seen they're, they're uncovering pyramids and whole civilizations and cities on mountains and deserts and all over the world that have been buried for hundreds and thousands of years? There has always been extinction events of civilizations. While previous collapses primarily impacted localized human social systems, the coming collapse has already had a profound global impact on the health of the planet. All right, so we're going to skip to the next page, 23. I also take heart from the fact that organiz or organismal and organisms cooperation is not a nagging exception to the rule of evolution, but instead one of its primary architects and that humans are, though it's hard to believe sometimes, super cooperators and then collectively we're all cooperating together as humans collectively the cooperative co accomplishments of human civilization have taken us to the moon and beyond and i hope our collective accomplishments will also take us to a restored planet a restored microbiome and beyond after all i have personally seen the dramatically positive changes that occur when the cooperative behavior among my caribbean medical students help them evolve to become better humans and more importantly compassionate healers. All right, now I've got five minutes and what I'm going to do is in this last five minutes of this, I want to actually get into the very, the second chapter of his book. It's titled, it's the environment stupid. Why? Because Darwin said there's a germ that causes all disease and it comes from outside the body and then gets in. And then Louis Pasteur ran with that and said, hey, I'm going to create the Pasteur Institute. We're going to talk about germs and cooties all day long, and we're going to create vaccines and drugs, and we're going to do that. The germ theory is opposite of something called the terrain theory. So the terrain theory is not that a germ can get in your body and make you sick. It is germs can get inside of you no matter what. It depends on the terrain inside your body. Are you healthy, unhealthy? Do you have a lot of sugar in your body? Are you acidic? Are you alkaline? Are you anemic? Uh, are you mineral or vitamin deficient? Those 
things in the environment of your body internally dictate the disease outcomes, even if a germ got inside of you. That's the difference between the germ theory. You're blaming it on something that gets in your body that you have no control over. And then the terrain theory is, terrain theory is uh, your environment in your body, which we create, by the way, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we create all of it, all by ourselves. We create our entire internal environment, all of it, with our brain. And then what we choose to do with that body, with our brain. All right, so this is the difference between the terrain theory, ter- terrain theory and the germ theory. Now, he's going to continue here. He says, unfortunately, Darwin's followers perceived that his... Re- no, I'll skip that part. Since the dawn of the age of genetics, we have been programmed to accept that we are subservient to the power of our genes. The world is filled with people who live in constant fear that on some unsuspecting day, their genes are going to turn on. Consider the masses of people who think they are ticking time bombs. They wait for cancer to explode in their lives as it exploded in the life of their mother or brother or sister or aunt or uncle. Millions of others attribute their failing health not to a combination of mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual causes, but simply to the inadequacies of their body's own biochemical mechanics. Are your kids unruly? Question. Increasingly, the first choice is to medicate their children to correct their chemical imbalances rather than fully grappling with what is going on in their bodies, minds, and spirits. What about all those headlines trumpeting the discovery of a gene for everything from depression to schizophrenia? Read those articles closely, people, and you'll see that behind the breathless headline is a more sober truth. Scientists have linked lots of genes to lots of different diseases and traits, but scientists have rarely found that one gene causes a trait or a disease. In the realm of human diseases, defective genes acting alone only account for about 2% of our total disease load. And this is quoting Stroman and his other research buddies in their paper from 2003. Let me read that again. Scientists have linked lots of genes to lots of different diseases and traits, but scientists have rarely found that one gene causes a trait or a disease. In the realm of human diseases, defective genes acting alone only account for about 2% of our total disease load. That means you're looking at cancer. I'm I'm speaking freely now. You got diabetes, cancer, gout, uh, you name it, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. What they're telling you here is, 98% 98% of the time, their disease is not being created by their genes. It only happens 2% of the time. The next statement reads, The confusion occurs when the media repeatedly distorts the meaning of two words, correlation and causation. And this is big. It. I'm going to continue reading. It's one thing to be linked to a disease. It's quite another to cause a disease, which implies a directing, controlling action. If I show you my keys and say that a particular key controls my car, like they say about your DNA controls your health outcomes, pay attention to this analogy. It's amazing. If I show you my keys and say that a particular key controls my car, you at first might think that makes sense because you know you need that key to turn on the ignition. But does the key actually control the car? If it did, you couldn't leave the key in the car alone because it might just borrow your car for a joyride when you're not paying attention. In truth, the key is correlated with the control of the car. It's not controlling the car. It's correlated with the control of the car. The person who turns the key actually controls the car. 
Specific genes are correlated with an organism's behavior and characteristics, but these genes are not activated until something triggers them. This is big. Every medical doctor on this planet is going to tell you your loved one has cancer, diabetes, heart disease, because they have genes they inherited, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, actually, that DNA is not the key to your disease, out- disease outcomes, just like a key doesn't control your car. The key is only something that plays a part in the overall control of the car. It takes a person to do that. For the DNA, with people who have DNA and genes that actually correlate to specific diseases, they have to have something else in their environment, inside their body, that allows the gene now to express those disease outcomes. Otherwise, you could keep them suppressed forever and it would never show up in your life ever and you would live disease-free the rest of your life, unlike your loved ones. All right, we're going to be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. Remember, Looking for Healing Radio is here Monday through Friday at America Out Loud Radio. And you can tune in every day, 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific. Pacific. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
All right, healers, welcome back from the commercial break. We're going to continue in our biology of belief review by Bruce Lipton. How many of you have been told <laughs> that you are going to succumb to illness and disease just like your parents did, grandparents did, because it just runs in your family, and genes and DNA dictate all outcomes of life? Well, you've all been lied to. All right, so we're going to continue here. This is Looking for Healing Radio. I want to make sure that all of y'all are brought up to speed. Anybody just recently joining us, we're in. We're reviewing The Biology of Belief, which is a book written over 30 years ago by Bruce Lipton, Ph.D., a cellular biologist. And he was able to determine that DNA does not equal disease or outcomes. Even It doesn't matter if both your parents have heart disease. That does not mean you're going to have heart disease. If both of your parents, both of them had pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, lung cancer, it doesn't matter. That does not mean you are going to develop cancer at all. Even if both your parents had breast cancer, men and women both can get breast cancer. What if both of them had breast cancer, both had the genes and gave them to you? Did you know that does not mean you're going to have cancer? In fact, most people that have the genes never get cancer. So the environment at which you are in, emotional, physical, spiritual, emotional, nutritionally, dietary-wise, whatever that environment is of your body, that is what dictates whether or not you're going to get cancer, not your genes. So we're going to continue here on page 27 of The Biology of Belief. I want to read this to you. We're not going through the whole book. I'm only giving you highlights to establish the fact that you can heal. All right, so page 27. What activates genes? The answer was elegantly spelled out in 1990, this is 34 years ago, in a paper entitled Metaphors and the Role of Genes and Development by H.F. Nehoit. Now, Nehoit presents evidence that the notion that genes control biology has been so frequently repeated for such a long period of time in TV, radio, news, journals, that scientists have forgotten that it is a hypothesis, not a truth. Isn't that interesting? It has been stated so much as a fact, it appears, that everybody believes this is fact, that DNA and genetics equals your health outcome and disease outcomes. That is not true. It is actually still only a hypothesis. It has never been proven to be a fact. It is not a truth. And they continue in the book, in reality, the idea that genes control biology is a supposition, which has never been proven, and in fact, has been undermined by the latest scientific research. Genetic control, argues Nahoit, has become a metaphor in our society. We want to believe that a genetic engineer's that genetic engineers are the new medical musicians who can cure diseases and, while they're at it, create more Einsteins and Mozarts as well. But metaphor does not equate with scientific truth. Nehoit summarizes the truth with this statement, and I'm quoting, When a gene product is needed, a signal from its environment, not an emergent property of the gene itself, activates expression of the gene. In other words, when it comes to genetic control, quote, from Bruce, Bruce Lipton, it's the environment, stupid, end quote. It is not your DNA. You are not a victim of your DNA. All right, now I'm going to fast forward here a few more pages because I only have certain highlights I want to review to help build the belief in you that you can heal. Now we're on page 37. The suggestion that DNA controlled its own replication and served as the blueprint for the body's proteins led Francis Crick to create biology's central dogma, the belief that DNA rules. Now Crick, Francis Crick, is one of the two individuals who discovered DNA in the double helix and its you know shape. The dogma was so fundamental to modern biology, it was essentially written in stone that the equivalent of a science Ten Commandments 
The dogma, also referred to as, quote, the primacy of DNA, is a fixture of almost every scientific text. The central dogma's assumption of a one-way flow of information from DNA to RNA to protein is profoundly important. Since proteins represent the physical body, the dogma, or belief that DNA controls it all, the dogma implies that your physical body and your life experiences cannot send information back and alter the DNA. According to the dogma, DNA controls your life and you cannot influence your DNA! Exclamation point. Now, we're going to get into a review, Dr. Lipton is, of what's called the Human Genome Project. And for all of you listening, if you don't know what that is, this is actually a part of the NIH's platform. It's called the Human Genome Project. Do you know what it used to be called? And the NIH owned it? The Eugenics Project. Yes, go to the Human Genome Project on NIH's website right now. Look at their history. They take you through their history. They used to be called the, 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 uh, gen, the Eugenics Project. It's now changed to the Human Genome Project. Remember, eugenics is all about there are certain individuals on this earth that have more superior genes than the others, and it's usually this white supremacy race dogma. That is what the Human Genome Project is. It's just a continuation of the gene. There are genes that are more superior, and now we're going to study the Human Genome Project. The Human Genome Project is an extension of the eugenics program sponsored by our government. All right, so on page 38, we're going to continue here. This is a review by Lipton of the Human Genome Project. After DNA achieved superstar status, the remaining challenge was to create a catalog of all the genetic stars in the human firmament. Enter the Human Genome Project, a global scientific effort begun in the late 1980s to create a catalog of all the genes present in humans. From the outset, the Human Genome Project was a massively ambitious one. Conventional thought had held that the body needed one gene, to provide the blueprint for each of the 100,000 plus different proteins that make up our bodies. Add to that at least 20,000 regulatory genes, which orchestrate the activity of the protein encoding genes, and then scientists concluded that the human genome would contain a minimum of 120,000 genes located within the 33 pairs of human sorry, 23 pairs of human chromosomes. But that wasn't the whole story. A cosmic joke was unfolding. One of these jokes that periodically unsettle scientists convinced they have discovered the secrets of the universe, consider the impact of Nicholas Copernicus' discovery published in 1543 that the Earth was not the center of the universe, as was thought by the scientist theologians of the day. The fact that the Earth actually revolved around the sun, and that the sun itself was not the center of the universe, undermined the teachings of the church. Copernicus' paradigm-busting discoveries launched the modern scientific revolution by challenging the presumed infallibility of the church, because the church said the earth is the center of the universe. Science eventually displaced the church as Western civilization's source of wisdom for understanding the mysteries of the universe. Science replaced the church. Now we continue. Geneticists experienced a comparable shock when, contrary to the expectations of over 120,000 genes, they found that the entire human genome consists of fewer than 25,000 genes, why was this a shock? Because they discovered that we have the same amount of genes as worms, moths, which is crazy. So we're not really that advanced. We don't have that many more genes. Uh, we'll continue. Uh, this was uh, published in 2003 that over 80% of the presumed and required DNA that they had said we had to have in order to have DNA control of our bodies does not exist so of the 120,000 genes, 80% of them don't even exist. 
I found out decades later. The missing genes pre- proved to be more troublesome than the missing 18 minutes of the Nixon tapes. The one gene, one protein concept was a fundamental tenet of genetic determinism. One protein concept. Our current theories of how life works have to be scrapped. Pay attention, listeners. No longer is it possible to believe that genetic engineers can, with relative ease, fix all our biological dilemmas. They are simply not enough genes to account for the complexity of human life or of human diseases. David Baltimore, Baltimore, one of the world's preeminent geneticist and a Nobel Prize winner, addressed the issue of human complexity in 2001. Quote, But unless the human genome contains a lot of genes that are opaque, meaning you can't see them, to our computers, it is clear that we do not gain our undoubted complexity over worms and plants by using more genes. We are as simple as the plants and the worms with the exact same amount of DNA. As Baltimore states, the results of the Human Genome Project force us to consider other ideas about how life is controlled. Quote, understanding what does give us our complexity remains a challenge for the future. Bruce Lipton continues, the sky is falling on science. All right, now we're going to skip to the next section because this is very important. All of us have been told that our genes determine our, our life expectancy for diseases and illnesses. So I'm going to share with you a study that was conducted in Duke University in 2003. This is on page 46 of his book, Biology of Belief. All of you believe, like I just illustrated a minute ago with an analogy, if you and your mom and your dad all had a breast cancer gene you inherited, and both your parents got breast cancer at some point and were diagnosed with it, you are going to be told that you will, without any ability to avoid it, you will develop breast cancer in the future. Why? Because you have the DNA. And just like your parents' DNA that led them to develop cancer in their lifetime, you are too going to get cancer. And in fact, they tell you, if you have the gene called Bronca 1 and Bronca 2 gene, they tell you, and a lot of young people right now, remove your breasts now in your tw- teens and 20s, do reconstructive surgery to prevent you from ever developing breast cancer. And that is so ridiculous. All right, it's not even true. In fact, my next door neighbor right now, we just learned that their daughter is actually having uh, this type of breast augmentation in her 20s because they found she has the Bronca gene. They texted us and told us this. It was interesting in the text message. Their dad has the gene, is in his 60s or 70s, and has never developed breast cancer in his whole life. Uh, So why is she electing to have this surgery? Just because you have the gene, it doesn't mean you're going to get the disease. And that's exactly what you learned from this biology belief book. All right, now on page 46, he starts to discuss this study, and I'm going to read this out out loud to you so you get this. We now know that environmentally influenced, fine-tuned... All right, I'm going to stop for a second, just so you know, to set the pretext here. There are geneticists are able to actually manipulate the genes of mammals and create specific genetic animals. And they have created a certain kind kind of mouse that every one of the mice, including their babies and every one of their posterity, will develop obesity, a certain hair color and obesity and diabetes, 100% of all of them. And they designed them this way with their DNA. And they have had these mouse around for decades, and they've been studying them. They can create these disease outcomes of obesity, a certain hair color, and 
diabetes in a mouse and repeat it one generation after another 100% of the time. Well, Duke decided to do a test. And this study on these mice that are born looking identical, developing the same disease processes because of their DNA, you're going to about to learn that DNA doesn't have a damn thing to do with your diseases. So I'm going to read this to you. And any of you out there that believe your DNA still does this, it can't do it. It can't be the cause. Duke proved it in 2003, 20 years ago. All right, so here we go. We now know that the environmentally influenced fine-tuning described above can be passed from generation to generation. A landmark Duke University study published in August 1st, 2003 issue of Molecular and Cellular Biology they found that an enriched environment can even override genetic mutations in mice. In the study, scientists looked at the effect of dietary supplements on pregnant mice with the abnormal agouti gene, A-G-O-U-T-I gene. Agouti mice have yellow coats. How many mice have you seen with yellow fur? I haven't seen any. But agouti mice have yellow coats and are extremely obese which predisposes them to cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and cancer. In the experiment, one group of yellow obese agouti mothers received methyl group-rich supplements available in any health food store, and they gave them these four supplements. Folic acid, which is vitamin B9, vitamin B12, otherwise known as cobalamin, betaine, and choline. All they did was give these DNA-created, DNA-mutated mice that have the same exact DNA profile, yellow fur, extremely obese, heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. They gave them these four supplements to one mother mouse. Methyl-rich supplements were chosen because a number of studies have shown that the methyl chemical group is involved with epigenetic modifications. When methyl groups attach to a gene's DNA, it changes the way regulatory chromosomal proteins bind to the DNA molecule. If the proteins bind too tightly to the gene, the protein sleeve cannot be removed and the gene cannot be read. Methylating DNA can silence or modify gene activity. This time, the headlines, quote, Diet Trump's Genes were accurate. This is an actual article, Diet Trump's Genes. The mothers who got the methyl group rich supplements produced standard lean brown mice even though their offsprings had the same agouti gene as their mothers. So they weren't born with yellow fur and obese like all the other animals. The mothers, given these four supplements, vitamin B9, vitamin B12, betaine, and choline, just given those supplements to them when those mouse got pregnant and had offspring, their offspring didn't look like the other DNA mutated genes. They actually were normal. The agouti mothers who didn't get the supplements produced yellow pups, which ate much more than the brown pups. The yellow pups wound up weighing almost twice as much as their lean pseudo-agouti counterparts. The university's photo shown above is striking, and I'm looking at the picture right now. A big yellow mouse mother produced brown skinny yellow, I'm sorry, brown mice that did not have obesity, did not overeat, did not develop cancer or heart disease. Though the two mice are genetically identical, they are radically different in appearance. One mouse is lean and brown, and the other mouse is obese and yellow. What you can't see in the picture is that the obese mouse is diabetic, while its genetically identical counterpart is healthy. Only 5% of cancer and cardiovascular patients can attribute their disease directly to heredity. 
And I'm going to read that again. Other studies have found epigenetic mechanisms, environment, to be a factor in a variety of diseases, including cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. In fact, only 5% of cancer and cardiovascular patients can attribute their disease directly to heredity. (laughs) That means 95% of all cancer patients, heart disease patients, your problem isn't caused by genetics. 95% of you, that means almost 100% of all of you. Robert Silverman, a researcher in 2004, discovered while the media made a big hoopla over the discovery of bronca A1 and bronca 2 breast cancer genes, they failed to emphasize that 95% of breast cancers are not due to inherited genes. The malignancies in a significant number of cancer patients are derived from environmentally induced epigenetic alterations and not their defective genes. They continue in the book. Recently, eminent scientist and physician Dean Ornish revealed that by just changing your diet and lifestyle for 90 days, prostate cancer patients switched the activity of over 500 genes. Many of their gene changes inhibited biological processes critical in the formation of their tumors. Incredible. A standard study touted in the media with headlines in 2015 in U.S. News reported, Environment Trumps Genes at Shaping Immune System Study. The Stanford study found that three-quarters of the variations in the immune systems of identical twins who shared the same genetic makeup were due to non-inheritable environmental influences, including exposure to microbes, toxins, diet, and vaccines. End quote. I recommend everybody buy the biology of belief and remind yourself that the outcomes of illness and sickness and recovery are all dictated on what you believe and what you think. All future pandemics, if you want to believe the media, you're going to get sick. If you want to believe you can overcome that and you don't have to be fall victim, you will not get sick. If you develop any symptom or disease, all you got to do is change your belief systems and you can actually fully recover. All right, this is the show for Looking for Healing Radio. I'm Dr. Brian Artis. Please read The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Please go to healingfortheages.com, download our presentation. We have an incredible list of topics that we're going to be uncovering and discussing, and some experts we're going to come to solidify those those presentations at Healing for the Ages 2.0 coming up in September. It'll be dated September 12th, 13th, and 14th. You can learn more at healingfortheages.com. Tune in tomorrow again for a new exciting episode of Looking for Healing Radio. Uh, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Janice Schmidt, Dr. Henry Ely. Tune in 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific. We'll be back. We'll see you tomorrow.